Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Utopia Talks podcast. I'm Jaguar, I'm 26, and I'm navigating my way through life as a DJ, journalist and broadcaster. Over the last year, I've understood the power of using my voice more than ever. I'm lucky enough to have DJed around the world and host my own show on BBC Radio 1. But in everything I do, I'm striving to reach utopia. To me, utopia is a perfect moment. It's togetherness. It's the future. I want to live in a more inclusive, equal world, and I hope this podcast will build a community and help create change. This is a space for reaction, spontaneity, and is a springboard for you guys to have a say on issues that we all care about in dance music and beyond. I'm going to be talking to some of the biggest names in electronic music and, most importantly, bringing you into the conversation. To create real change, we need action, we need a plan, and we need to communicate. Here's to us manifesting a utopian world. Welcome to the Utopia Talks podcast. Big thank you for joining me for the very first episode of Utopia Talks. The last 18 months have been incredibly tough, with lockdowns and a global pandemic making it impossible to dance together, and the news that the 21st of June is no longer set to happen, it's been hard to remain optimistic. With that in mind, I wanted to start this episode by sharing some hope with you guys. Back in May, I had the honour of playing at the first dance in Liverpool. The first dance was the first government-sanctioned rave to take place in the UK since March 2020, when nightclubs all over the world closed their doors due to the coronavirus pandemic. There was no social distancing, no masks. You could even hug your mates, as everyone in attendance had to provide a negative COVID test. It was a beautiful experience. I feel very lucky to have been there. And it was just a taste of pre-pandemic life and just a truly historic night. You might have seen on social media that I was there to DJ back to back with one of my heroes, Heidi, in front of 3,000 ravers. Heidi's joining me in the studio later on in the show. But first, I want to share with you some of my experiences in Liverpool. It's hard to express exactly how special it was to play at a rave again, but it was magical and it's something that will stay with me forever. I wanted to share this moment with you guys, so I took my mic and recorded a few chats with DJs to give you a taste of things to come and what to look forward to when we are back to it at the clubs. All right, we are on our way up to Liverpool. Um, it's been raining a little bit, but a smooth journey. And 
yeah, I'm feeling really excited. A little bit apprehensive, if I'm honest, because it's been such a long time that we've all been in a big old warehouse together with, yeah, 3,000 people it's going to be. But I'm so excited to be playing back to back with Heidi, one of my heroes. And just excited to be playing to a crowd and hearing that bass in a big space. It's been a very long year without clubs for DJs and ravers alike. So while I was in Liverpool, I had to speak to the blessed Madonna, whose track with Fred again, Maria, We've Lost Dancing, captured the feelings of every one of us who's missed the dance floor this year. Here's what she had to say backstage before her iconic set. I'm here with Bless Madonna um, moments before your set. How the hell are you feeling? Well, if you're listening to this, what you don't know is that when I walk in, I immediately burst into tears like a small child. And Jaguar tried to talk to me and I was like sniveling, trying not to cry because I can't tell you how emotional this is. I feel like I have lived through this year by like just making myself not have feelings and it is impossible to be here and not have feelings. I am having all the feelings. Any feelings you didn't have, I'm having them for you now. And it's just, it's a tremendous moment. I feel like literally my entire life has led up to this. This is the first event we've had like this, not just in the UK, but really in the Western Hemisphere. And to be able to be here with all of these people who are so happy is just absolutely the biggest, highest joy of my life. Wow, you summed it up nicely. And of course, you had a huge song out this year. Yeah. Are you going to be playing that? I am going to play the song, but I have a special version of it. Okay. All right. Well, thank you and best of luck. And I'm going to be grooving in the front. I love you. <laughs> love you too. After talking to a very emotional Blessed Madonna, I ended up in a very glamorous location of the toilet with Lauren Lo Sung. It was pretty much the only place quiet enough to do the interview, so there you go. But like the Blessed Madonna, Lauren got very emotional behind the decks. There were even some tears. As well as talking about what it was like to play at the first rave back, she also shared an insight about what it's been like for DJs during the pandemic. Right, I am in the toilet with Lauren Lo-Sung. This is the only place we could go for the sound. How are you? The acoustics are great in here, by the way. Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. I might do more interviews in the toilet, actually. <laughs> yeah. So you just played, and it got pretty emotional, right? Tell oh, us what happened. So I knew that I'd cry at some point. I said to Sean, my partner, I said, I will be in tears, so you need to bring a box of tissues. But as soon as I got on, I played like quite an emotional, like euphoric like very pad driven track and like it just really hit me in the feels and I just like looked at the crowd saw my friends out there and I just went to bits and just like literally my face was scrunched up crying my eyes out and I was like someone get me a tissue (laughs) I didn't bring a tissue after all that so yeah I mean it was pretty crazy it was good so you didn't expect to feel this like ball of emotion just then Exactly. I mean, I did expect it, but it just kind of hit me so early. I thought, you know, it'll be later on the set when it's like a big breakdown and, you know, I'll get that feeling. And literally as soon as I played this first track, it was like, oh, my goodness, like, help me. First track and you're just like, everyone's crying. I mean, what have you missed the most about clubbing and playing out? I don't know what, I've missed, like, the social side, just, like, meeting you here. Like, you know, this is our life, isn't it? You know, um, I've missed, obviously, playing music. I've missed just work and I've missed making money like it's been so hard financially obviously for all of us you know I miss the stability of like having a job and 
you know, it's just it's just been really difficult. But hopefully this will be like a big stepping stone in moving forward. And you know, from this, the whole of the UK and all the DJs can kind of take from this what we've done, and um, you know, we can all open up and do our thing again. Another person who just can't wait to get back to normality is the unstoppable Jada G. At the end of the show, I'm going to play you my interview of her and we're also going to hear from some of the artists and promoters affected by the impact of the four-week delay of the restrictions being lifted by the UK government. But right now, I'm in the studio with Heidi, who I play back-to-back with in Liverpool. And I can only describe that set as iconic. Uh, what did you think? Iconic. <laughs> it was terrifying. Yeah. That was the first thing that came to mind. And then it became like euphoric mm. is a good word mm. I would use. I mean, all the photos that were taken that we saw afterwards um, were would, like just, they just spoke a million words, like the ecstasy on our faces, like not real ecstasy, but like <laughs> actual per, like feeling the feeling of ecstasy. Yeah. We're all just like smiling and like eh, lots of hugs, lots of like lots of, lots of laughs. I mean, I was cracking jokes to you pretty much through the whole. <laughs> yeah, there was one bit actually. I remember I, for some reason I put my arm behind my back and you were like, you look like an old Greek man. <laughs> and I just like started cracking up with us. <laughs> but my, one of my ex-boyfriends, he used to walk down the street with his hands behind his back like that and I was like you look like you're like a 90 year old Greek man like having a stroll down the promenade but I was like what are you doing I don't know hands, I mean, in, the, hands in the air like absolutely uh, but but we I mean it was just electrifying wasn't yeah. it like I feel like I was just jumping you were constantly. we both were <laughs> I was hurting the next day like I felt like I'd been to war I was like whoa like I hadn't had any alcohol either for like months and I had you know it was just I mean I had a I had a few. I mean, I couldn't even put my glass down because the bass was just like... Well, that was it. All the drinks were... I spilt my first drink. Like, Heidi, <laughs> we get to the decks, right? Heidi's got this little flute of, of champagne. Yes. Very nice. And then you sort of pop it on the top of this like, speaker behind us. And then literally within five minutes, like the, the glass is on the floor. Story of my life, girl. Story of Some my life. Champagne everywhere. Yeah. Heidi has arrived. <laughs> I know. Usually it's either tequila or champagne, but it was champagne. <laughs> it was great. I... I was super nervous. We've never played together before. No. We don't even really, like, we hadn't really talked to each other. I, no. only, I only met you at the Mix Mag Lab. And yeah, they were like, you know, if you guys want to play, would you like to play together? Yousef was saying that. And I was like, absolutely. Like, that'd be great. And it's also so nice to play with somebody different. Yeah. I've been thrown together with a lot of back-to-backs, like, impromptu. And also, you know, we I've never planned anything, ever. I just, you have to read the crowd. Because, you know, if you plan sets... Sometimes they just don't go down well. Mm. You have to kind of see, you know, age, you know, what's going on, how the people are reacting. Because they were a little freaked out. Do you remember I was like waving people to come to yeah, the Yeah, you of came the to the front like, come in, come on over. Yeah, everybody come join us. Don't be scared, you know, come to the front. Like, because they were all kind of staying back a little bit, which is understandable. Everybody was a bit mm. apprehensive. I yeah, was. Yeah, did you, when, when you were walking in then, because I, I know I felt like, just a bit on edge and I was like maybe I'll wear my mask a little bit I don't know I mean that went out the window yeah well nobody was I mean nice. we all had tests yeah true um but did you feel apprehensive before yeah of course I mean I pretty much I haven't even been out of my house for months you know it's been it's been I've been trapped inside so yeah it was it was obviously you're wearing your mask on the train all the way up there mm. you're wearing it in the hotel and then you're wearing it in the car and then as soon as you get out of the car it just makes no sense. You know, you're like, okay, I have to, now I take my mask off and there's thousands of people there. I mean, literally after five, ten minutes, I was fine with it. Yeah, we but were in. It was so nice to see 
Yousef and see daily like Hassan's 82 like mm. we're you know really good friends and we played together lots and just to give him hugs and you know Owen yeah your hugging, manager hugging people. hugging people that was good yeah and Owen as well your manager and then you know um Rich McGinnis who also mm-hmm. you know, runs Warehouse Project and own Circus and all those guys like even all the all the all the people like the artist liaisons who I know from years of playing there. It's just like the driver. It's like, oh my God. He was like telling me on the way. He's like, don't you remember? I drove you the last time I played at that place. It was for El Row and there was like 9,000 mm. people there. And he's like, yeah, I drove you home all the way to London. I was like, did you? <laughs> he's like, you didn't stop talking for four and a half hours. I was like, really? I don't remember any of that. <laughs> but he remembers you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Most drivers do. I was like, can I just like take over the sound system and Bluetooth and play, you know, I'll just play yeah. like whatever and obviously i've had drinks throughout the entire day and yeah car ride home is always chit chatty yeah but it is it was we, what you'd said there though about like seeing familiar faces and actually like we haven't all been in the same space whether it's with strangers or people you've known for years it felt like a real beautiful historical moment yeah it was i mean it was on the front page yeah. of every newspaper every website all over the world yousef did something like almost a hundred interviews. Yeah, he was like, busy. He was doing like the New York Times, the Washington Post, like even America, like big American mm-hmm. um, press stuff. And I mean, because everybody was watching us. Like we were like a focal point. We had a lot. I mean, for me, I felt like we had a duty <laughs> to do this. Yeah. As, you know, somebody who's been in the music industry for so long, I was like, you know, I was apprehensive about doing it. And then Yousef called me up and like, it was very last minute. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I was like, oh. Of course I'm going to do it. Am I crazy? There's going to be so many people watching it. I was worried about backlash, mm-hmm. about yeah. people thinking that we're playing Playgraves. And yeah. it's like, listen, I haven't done anything, you know, because there were certain DJs that played that did, you know, over that whole weekend, not just the night that we played, that did go and travel mm. and play in places that were unsafe. Yeah. What's your stance on people playing um, at these Playgraves? I don't think that they needed to do that. To be honest with you, um, a lot of those DJs, I know for a fact, are, you know, financially stable in their life. And uh, there's no need to be going to Mexico or India or any of those places where there's no safety measures at all. People like the cases were huge. And there's, you know, I don't really feel that they needed to do that. And there was a lot of people being vocal about it. And I got that. And I was just worried that people were doing this. And I was like, listen, it's definitely a science experiment. This is for, you know, the government's involved, all the scientists like Yousef wouldn't have, those guys would never do something. It took him a year to organize this. Yeah. He got off his ass and did something like that. And then the result was great. It was the results came out being like, this is, you know, as I think it was as dangerous as shopping. Yeah, shopping. Not not, (laughs) not dangerous at all. Only 15 people from the Brits, a football match, both those nights that we did. And there was a huge festival on on the Sunday. Yeah. Like a more like rock music festival that had 5,000 people you know, the Brits and also, yeah. And there was only 15 people out of the, all of those people. And mm-hmm. I think that that, who knows if they even caught it there, you know? So you don't really know. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel pretty safe in London right now. I don't feel unsafe. Yeah, we're so close now to the world unlocking. So it's just like, hopefully <laughs> we're going to get there. We're going to get there, guys. I know, because it does feel weird. Like you played, didn't you play in Leeds? Like Yeah, I had day. a gig on the weekend yeah. and it was like a sat down yeah. gig. But I mean... Things are definitely loosening up, to put it that way. Like yeah. people were absolutely going for it, and it was. So I fun. did one that was mm-hmm. sit sit down, socially distanced last year, and it was very weird. 
Like yeah. people were getting screamed at if they stood up to dance. And they were like, I mean, everything was so spaced out. Nobody was mixing around, fraternizing with each other because it was still, you know, it was the summer. I think it was September. Yeah, it would have been. Because they asked me to do it quite a few times. I said no, because I just didn't feel right about it. And then, yeah, I only did one thing. That's it. <laughs> In 18 months or something. Yeah, but it's weird now because... I feel like so conditioned to stay away from people, to wear a mask, to like sit down in my seat while listening to a DJ, which is bizarre. And now it's like we're going to have to, like in Liverpool, like kind of unlearn this conditioning that we've had to act mm-hmm. differently as a as humans. Like and riding a bike, girl. But it really is because then you're like, you've had one drink and you're like, OK, I remember this. It's just part of it, isn't that it? That was the, the thing that they're worried about. It's like people who drink are obviously going to be they do usually give you the weather not the news like they're spraying you with their (laughs) spit if they're you know talking in your ear really loud because the music's loud Mm. and you know it's impossible to stay away from people if you've had a drink because it's a social thing drinking alcohol together makes people socialize it's sort of like it's for people who are nervous people as well you know they'll have a few drinks to loosen up a little bit and then they're more comfortable talking Mm. to other people anyway yeah for sure yeah so before all of this happened, what do you remember what your final gig was before the pandemic? Berlin. I was in Berlin and is that Watergate? And I was with Omar S. And it was great. I mean, it was there was that sort of talk about it was happening. There was something Are we talking happening. like March last March, year? yeah. March yeah. 9th, twenty twenty was my last proper show. And I mean, I go to Berlin three, four times a year. I have lots of friends there. I used to live there and I didn't think it was going to be my last hurrah, you know, because <laughs> then I came home and then I was supposed to be in Bulgaria and Warehouse Project with Green Velvet and Errol Alkin. And then that all of a sudden it went boom, boom, boom. Gigs were canceled and like the rug was pulled out from underneath mm-hmm. my feet. And that was it. That was it. It was like, OK, party's over. It was a complete shock to the system. It took me months and months to figure out like mentally what was happening i was just like oh it's not this can't be that Mm. long and then like this past february was the darkest month for sure i think for a lot of people financially mentally yeah it was just you know everybody anybody who had any savings especially me i ran out of all my savings i had no help from the government i was lucky i had savings like i know a lot of people didn't yeah you know you know you make money you spend it it's sort of the way it is. Well, yeah, and especially in our field, like, I guess we're technically, like, if you want to call us freelance, like, yeah. as DJs or creatives in general, like, people were hit hard. Oh, and yeah. then it's like... And the government didn't help anybody. And you've got to try and survive, or if you've got savings, on your savings. Mm-hmm. And it, it's I had to pay yeah, all my rent, all my bills, my mortgage. Sorry, not rent, is my mortgage. Yeah. You know, I own, a, I own a flat. And... You know, I don't we don't get furlough. We're not exactly we're not helped out by, you know, we're not employed by anybody but ourselves. So if we don't make money, then that's it. We're screwed. And yeah, I mean, I did a lot of stupid things, too, because, you know, you're locked up and you're like online. You're like, okay, I need I'm going to buy a a pair of of shoes. Yeah, it's on sale. And I'm like not thinking that I'm going to. It was going to be what still going on. I so mean, did you buy loads of new clothes? And then you're like, oh, I'm probably not going to wear these for a year. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's on sale. Everything's on sale because shops were freaking out yeah. too. They were shut. Everything was shut. It was just, you know, couldn't go anywhere. And people did have extra money. People who were also working from home, like mm. my partner, he worked. He was working even harder than he would be in the office. And, you know, he was on a screen looking at the computer screen, talking to 20 people mm-hmm. on Zoom every day, all day. And just 
I think people doing that, I mean, thank God he still had his job. That's all I'm going to say. He's been a a lifesaver, an angel and all this, because I would have been in dire straits Mm -hmm. a lot lot longer ago than than I am now. Yeah, it's great you had that support. And and a lot of people were so isolated last year and... A lot of people had a lot of extra time. Like for you, obviously, you're used to literally going to another city I didn't city know what to country. do with myself at all. How was that to deal with? I though? mean, I, I have been traveling like all over the world, not just Europe and the UK. Like, I mean, South America, America. I usually do two American, you know, North American a year tours. Mm. And I do two South American tours. I go to Australia, New Zealand once a year and then all Europe and UK. So it was like... I've never been in the same place for as long as I have been in 20 years. Wow. Yeah. It was hardcore. It was mental. I did not know what to do with myself. And the fact that we weren't even allowed to see other people. Mm. And I'm such a social person. You know, I mean, I spend my whole weekends talking to strangers. Yeah. For yeah making you best mates. Yeah. It's like being on a first date every weekend. You know, you get off the plane. There's a driver. You don't know him. Yes. You, then you go to meet the promoter. You don't know him. And then, you know, go to the club and you don't know the other person. And you're like, oh, and, you know, you're having lots of small mm. conversations with people mm. to have having a conversation with your loved one or maybe nobody for, for a long time. I'm like, yeah. Did you like pick up any weird hobbies? <laughs> I wish I did. I had the opposite effect to me. I didn't even know what to do with myself. I was very stuck. I got in this like hamster wheel. I was just like, wake up, do nothing, go to sleep. Like I couldn't, I don't make music. Mm. And um, I'm very lucky in that respect where I'm still a DJ's DJ. Yeah, that makes any sense. I was kind of in the right place at the right time in my life where that happened, there's not a lot of people out there who still do it. And I'm so, so grateful that people still invite me to come and play. And, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty wild. Yeah, of course. I mean, as I've played with you and I've seen you play many times, I just think I'm actually, I learned a lot playing with you. And I think, you know, I I love, well, I love, (laughs) the thing is I love like, I've, you know, being behind the decks and just watching people because that's how I learn. And obviously people who've been you're literally an expert in this field, shall we say. And, you know, just, I think... i still learning too. Yeah. Yeah. But even um, you were picking some tunes and it was actually Patrick Topping tune. Yeah. And you were like, I'm going to play this because they're going to love this. Like, you kind of scan the crowd. Yeah. And I just, I just felt like I need to not be as, like, selfish behind the decks because I'm playing for the audience. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just, I just felt like I really you're playing from your heart and I really felt that and mm-hmm. it was just really inspiring just seeing because we played a whole range of music oh yeah and we went all over the place <laughs> yeah and I, I don't know I just really like picked up on a lot of things from you and it would have been nicer cool. to have a longer set like yeah. I like longer sets yeah, because yeah, then when too. you really that's when you really when you're playing back to back you really get stuck in mm-hmm. and you're like okay you totally can feel what the other person's doing that's why I said we should play two and then two yeah that way you can kind of get a vibe and you have time to mentally pick the next Mm. two songs you know you're like okay I can instead of when you go one and one with somebody else that you know for really well you can do that with but if you don't really know what somebody's gonna play yeah you played some uh some absolute bangers girl (laughs) I think we should do it again sometime oh yeah absolutely trust me I'm down with that also I loved where I called you up before the set and we had a, a chat and I was like oh so how do you want to plan this then how should we you know I was like yeah I'll just get an idea and then you were like 
I don't plan my sex. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Again, I know you're like, oh. But again, that that is, you know, challenging me and making, like pushing me as a DJ. And I've and never it, planned and was, them in my but life. But it was brilliant. You can't plan them. I just don't think you can. I mean, yeah, if you're playing like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm. Sunday, are you doing four shows on the weekend, you know, four festivals, and then all of a sudden you, you get a groove into certain tracks that go with it and you get a yeah. set in mind. But then, you know, when you do, like, especially when I play in certain places that I can play until 11 o'clock in the morning, I'm not going to play the same music I would yeah. play at one in the morning. You know, it's... It's di- it's different locations. You know, it was a day party. The mm. sun was out. Well, the sun wasn't out. It was, it was absolutely yeah. freezing. <laughs> Classic. It was so cold. Liverpool. And, uh, but, you know, it was bright. So you could see everybody's faces. It wasn't like it was dark. So you can play, you had to play light music. Mm. And it had to be a bit more like, I feel because a lot of these kids don't know any of the newer music that's come out in the last year and a half. Because they they haven't been played to, yeah. they don't know. Yeah. You know, they do like to recognize certain tracks that maybe they heard before everything shut. That's why I played a few like big tunes from 2019. Mm. They were like, woo! Like I mean, they went bananas. It was like you know, I could just. There's certain tracks I know are going to get a huge mm. response from the crowd. I always, they're they're like my, they're, I call them my get out of jail free card oh, tracks. Yes. <laughs> if I feel like things might not be going the right way, I just slam on a Green Velvet record and bam, there you go. Yeah, oh, I can't go wrong, honey, with Green Velvet. <laughs> no. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I want to talk about a lot has kind of happened in the last year as well. Like I feel like just from the conversations I've had with a lot of my friends, like I'm, we've got so many like WhatsApp groups where I'm just, where someone's furiously typing about something at some point. And, you know, even in dance music, obviously we've had the clubs have been closed and we haven't been there. And I do feel like I've felt... Like there has been a lot of conversation and a lot of like, hopefully like things are going to change for the better. Like, you know, things like addressing sexual assault better in clubs and making it safer for Mm -hmm. the ravers and the DJs and, you know, talking mental health, mental health, which is, which is, you know, been it's like a taboo subject in our industry for some reason. And you know what? I have known so many people that have gone to hell and back 
I mean, not even during this last year and a half. I mean, even previous, like mm. the amount of like, like physical abuse you do to your body on the road is yeah. like, it's intense. I mean, it's gotten a lot better now, but back when I started out, there wasn't internet. Well, there was internet. Sorry, I sound like I'm like 90 years old. <laughs> hey, what's there the was internet? no internet back in the <laughs> 1900s. <laughs> but no, it was like, you know, we didn't have iPhones. There wasn't iPhones. There wasn't like WhatsApp. There wasn't Instagram. There wasn't Facebook. There wasn't any of this stuff. It was like, I had to print out my itinerary on paper, you know, and if if anything happened, I, I had to, you know, like, you know, landing in Mexico or landing whatever mm -hmm. and seeing like somebody's name and then somebody has, you know, a placard with my name on it. And I just have to hope for the best that that's the right person like i've had some i've been kidnapped twice in my what? life Hang yeah, on. that's a whole other podcast girl wow. yeah i've had some crazy shit happen to me like on the road you have to really be very careful like i don't have to, i've never had a tour manager you know i had management for a very short period of time and you know i just i've, I've been very much a go-getter on my own mm. do things by myself i'm i'm a, too much of a micromanager every little thing has to be done meticulously the way that i want it yeah, or else exactly. i'm just like i don't know it's a blessing and a curse but yeah i mean i think a lot of people just are we am i allowed to swear on this thing yeah go for okay it. <laughs> they don't fuck with me <laughs> I don't know if it's because of the way that I look. I don't know. Like, I feel like my tattoos are like a bit of armor on me. <laughs> People think that I'm like this tough, abrasive person where I'm actually complete, complete opposite. Like when they get to know me, they eventually are like, oh, you know, you're like, you're so, you're so not. I did it like, you know, I'm like, what did you expect? What me did to they be? expect? Like, what? Yeah, I think, you know, because a lot of the women when I started out, there was literally a handful of us mm. for a long time. Well, let's talk about that then, because I've, I've had this convo with a few people and, you know, women who've been in the scene longer than I have and they, they, they say the same thing like obviously coming up there were less women and now like most of my friends are female DJs mm -hmm. you know and it's it's brilliant and it's, it's really exciting and also I have to say I'm so grateful that the women who like yourselves have paved the way for the younger generation like I I, I feel this real like lovely bond and mm -hmm. I've had you know some amazing times with yourself and Bless Madonna and I, I'm so grateful because I literally look have looked up to you for it's, years and it's aww. it's appreciated though. It really is. I'm gonna blush. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I don't know how to take compliments. It's <laughs> terrible. I get all like red and flustered. <laughs> it was yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I started in two thousand and four, so five, you know, it's mm. been a while. It's so I mean, things really took off in two thousand six, two thousand seven. I mean, it was uh but there was, you know, I could count them on both my hands, how many women. There was seemed to be like one women per record label thing happening. Right, there was like okay. Teeny was like, you know, attached to Desolate. Magda was attached to Minus. I seemed to got, get attached to Get Physical Records, like Book of Shade and Mandy. Those mm. guys kind of took me under their wing at the beginning. And I toured with when they were sort of like really, they hit the scene huge. And like they always had this token girl, you know, mm. with them. Cassie was part of like Panorama Bar and, and Schneider had Mike Mobile Records. And, you know, I know I'm missing a few, quite a few women. But um, yeah, and they tried to do these like all girl nights and all of us were oh. very anti that at the time. Yeah. You know, like Ellen, there's also Ellen Alien and Miss Kitten and, you know, Monica Cruz. And like there's, yeah, there was a, a whole bunch of different little crews. Yeah. And we were just like, we didn't want to be singled out as women. Like, you know, there were the token women, women, like, let's do a ladies night. They would like try to brand it as a ladies night. I think night one of my first ever gigs was a ladies night and it was well, horrible. Like now you don't have to say that. You just book yeah. good women because you book women because they're good at their job, not because they're women. Yeah. You know, I don't like this. I understand that 
the lineups definitely need to be more diverse and there should but they have a, a like an abundance of all sorts of people to play now the lineups do not need to be 99% male driven mm. all playing the same type of boring ass tech house that is just like monotonous and like so boring there's all these interesting new producers and women that are coming through you know all sorts yeah. it's like you know it, it's so frustrating now you see but I, women are speaking out now which yeah. is nice yeah they are and like at the time was it ever like was it intimidating being the only woman no no i i don't know i i i've had a really intense life and i've had to fend for myself mm. since i was very young so i you have to have thick skin in this industry you have to well you had to you had to be like a rhinoceros mm. like things would just bounce off me i never really had people treating me differently i've had some few you know instances that have been a bit like are you fucking serious right now like i'm gonna call them out to their yeah, face and then right. they shut the hell up and it was just i was never afraid to talk back to somebody <laughs> that's probably why i'm still here yeah great well there, there you go and like so we've kind of mentioned like there have been some you know better conversations happening and people speaking out you know about openly about things that have affected them during the pandemic and do you think we're going to see a bit of a change like as we go back I to hope, clubs and the I scene? I hope so. I, I, you know, I just hope these like lineups that have been, I see that, that those lineups that were booked in 2019 are rolled over into 2020 that are now rolled over into 2021. So you're like, really? Mm. Are they still booking yeah, the same the same DJs? The same, I'm not naming any names, but I don't even need to. You just have to look at a million lineups and they're, it's the same, same, yeah. same, yeah. same, same. The big headliners, the big DJs. And it's like, you don't really need to fill a festival up. You can have one headliner and you can book the rest and showcase a bunch of new talent. Mm. You know, when I did the Jackathon, I used to do that. I used to have somebody old school and somebody new, always. Great. And there was always women and they weren't, I wasn't, you know, consciously booking lots of women, but it's because they are fantastic at their jobs. Mm. And I just so happened to have pretty much 50-50. It was like, you know, hey. And, Why not? And how does it feel like knowing that there's a whole like new generation of women coming through? Oh, there's a lot. Yeah. I can't even keep up. I'm like, <laughs> who is what? Who's that? What? Like, I need to be a lot more aware of of what's happening underneath me, you know, because they're they're the next generation. And I was actually having this conversation last night with my man, and I was just like, I hope that people will revere me as I revere people like Derek Carter mm. and Honey Dijon and. Carrie Chandler and Carl Craig and like all of the, you know, the old school Detroit, Chicago Mm -hmm. people that I grew up listening to. Like, I hope that that this generation who are, you know, when I was that age, will look up to me and be like, yeah, I hope hope that they, I hope they think, you know, oh, you know, yeah. You know, I don't know if many people have even seen me DJ or know who I am. Like, I I don't assume that people know who I am. Okay, well, just to give you this, right? When I was like, I'm playing back to back with Heidi, all my friends were like, what? No way! (laughs) They were absolutely, they couldn't believe it. Really? Yeah. Oh, see, I'm, I'm, there you go. I just don't, I don't know. I don't look at, I don't think of myself as somebody like that. I think maybe because mentally I'm still young. I am young still. Yeah. I'm not old, but you know. I started young. Mm-hmm. Well, did I start young? I don't when did know. you start? When was... I don't know. I was like in my late twenties. I don't know. I mean, I opened up Fonica Records, yeah, and then that was like, yeah, I did. I was working in record stores for ages, and then it sort of just snowballed from there. So I didn't want to be a DJ. It wasn't really like, no. It all happened organically that. and by accident. 
What did you want to do? I wanted to actually work in like, you know, indie rock music. I wanted to be like a, you know, I want to work at a record label mm. and work with bands. DJing was something that, I mean, I love going to clubs and I loved watching DJs, but it wasn't something that I thought, oh, I want to do that as a career because it wasn't something that Whitman did as a career. Yeah. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? There like, was lots of women behind the scenes doing, you know, management and, you know, stage d- direction and design and working at festivals and stuff. I mean, actually, there wasn't that many, but when you used to go to yeah. a festival and you see a woman, it just felt, oh, it's like a breath of fresh air. You know, you'd have an immediate bond with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because you know, I don't have to explain anything. Yeah. It's like an unspoken like nod. Yeah. You're like, yes. It's like, girl, listen, I'm having a bit of a day today. Like, it's yeah. sort of that situation that women go through every month. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm having it. She's like, say no more. You know, I can't say that to like a male promoter, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like shit today. Like, I'm <laughs> the last person to complain ever. I mean, I'm so grateful always to everybody, you know, always thank yous and please and thank yous. Like when I hear stories of people that have been rude to promoters and like, you know, this hotel is not good enough and I want this and I want the five star this and I want the Mm -hmm. business class this. I mean, all those people I know now aren't in the music industry anymore. Yeah. Kill them with kindness. You can't be like that. Like, I I just. Hell no. These people like. Help are these people are there to pay to give you money to perform you know, you're not there to wipe your ass for you. Yeah. Like, you know, entitlement is uh I think hopefully a thing of the past. Because mm. that there's no need for that. Yeah. There's none. I mean, I've had to have a word with people before. I'm like, you can't yeah, good. act like that. I'm sorry. I'm I think it's because I'm Canadian. I'm just <laughs> No, I love that. I'm here. I'm like, sorry. I'm so sorry. Canadians say sorry about everything. I still do it after 21 years of living in England. I'm like, sorry. I'm so sorry. I bumped into you. I'm sorry. I have a question. So yeah. you, you said you kind of got into DJing. You didn't, you didn't think it was like a career for you. So do you think if you'd seen maybe like a, a female role model, do you think you would have got into it sooner? Or I did. I mean, I, there was, I mean, I used to watch Magda and mm-hmm. I used to watch Honey yeah. and I used to watch, you know, I've seen Ellen and Kitten and I mean... Women like DJ Minx from Detroit. She's still in Detroit. She's also a legend there. I was always like, yeah, like, get it. Yeah, this is great. This is like, they're on fire. Like, this is so amazing. And it is nice to see a woman in rock. Like PJ Harvey is like one of my heroes, you know, like seeing a woman on stage performing and just like absolutely just nailing it. Like sex appeal and like just talent oozing out of Mm. their fingertips. You know, I I love that. I, I, I love it. And I hope that I give that to other women, you know, yeah. that, and I know that I, I've had a few people be like, you know, you really inspired me to do this. And I'm always like, <laughs> I don't even know what to do. I'm like, oh, thanks. You know, now I'm at that sort of age where people are like, I'm getting the veteran thing. I've heard like legend. People were like, you know, legend. I'm like, am I? A, I'm not, yeah. Not that old yet. You're not that old, but you are a legend for sure. In fact, we, we get, we'll probably have a lot of like new artists listening to this. So, do you have any advice that maybe you would have wanted to hear when you were starting out that you want to pass on? Thing is, I was learning as I went along. Yeah. I didn't have Help any advice. All. I'm still yeah. making up as I go along and hoping for the best. I, did, I mean, <laughs> I would when I would meet up with other women who were on the circuit. We would always have like a you know we'd have like a good old bitch session. Oh know? my god, you need to let it out though. Yeah, if you, you if you're in the airport together, if you met up at the airport, you'd be like. <laughs> You know, just like a total bitch session and just like the claws would come out and then because you never do it with anybody else. And, you know, well, you can. But uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have anybody going, you need to be like this or you need to be more like this. I'm like, I'm just who I am and Mm -hmm. this is how I am. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, 
sorry, don't book me. If you don't like what I play, I mean, I, I hope that people, I mean, even like a few years ago, people were like, can she send me a mix? And I'm like, are you fucking, Sorry. are you fucking for real? What is this, the 90s? You want a cassette tape? Like, should I make a mix for you? I'm just like, there's a, have you ever heard of SoundCloud? Have you ever like heard of any of, like, go up there and have a listen. Like, if you don't know what I play by now, then you're in the wrong mm. game, my friend. You know, I understand that people are just coming up and they have to prove themselves. But I think I've done enough proving. Of yeah. Just like, yeah. I should be doing a bit more. I think I should. I definitely. I, what do you mean? I mean, the last year and a half has taught me it's just like, get up off your ass and see what else is out there. You can't be complacent because mm -hmm. there's somebody, there's always people you can't. That's one thing. Like once you get on this train, it's really hard to get off. Yeah. Like really hard. I was on a fast train going like a million miles an hour for I don't even know how many years. Like my health suffered. Mm. I didn't have a good relationship. Like that's one thing I have to tell you. Once you really get going and if you are like boom, 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 traveling all the time, you have to give up so much of yourself. You have to give up healthy relationships. You have to give up going to your friend's birthday parties. You know, eventually they stop calling you. Like, I mean, you know, I gave up like a huge chunk, like my entire 30s were, that's it, gone. I was spent in a club and in an airport and in a hotel room. You know, mm -hmm. with strangers, which I love every second of it. I wouldn't give it back for a million. Th but I, you know, I missed poignant things in my you know, life. I didn't mm -hmm. get to do a lot of things that everybody else did. Yeah. And you do feel a bit lonely. That's why I started my own nights, because I was just yeah. like, I, I want to hang but out it, with my it's, friends. It's important to to hear that from you, because I think, yeah, I think you, you do need to know what it's what you're getting yourself into. And I think a lot of people don't. No. Especially when you're younger and like... Well, now it's a bit different. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, people, you know, everybody has a tour manager, which I don't think you need. To be mm. honest with you, I don't want somebody around me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> you know, my man comes with me now to some yeah, places and uh, it's that's great. Like I met somebody who, you know, it's just it took me a long time. A long, I never th I thought I was going to be single for the rest of my life. Mm. I was just like, oh, man, this is it got it, it It can get to you like being on the road and being alone and not speaking the language of the city that you're in and having a communication breakdown with mm. lots of people not being able to express yourself the way that you want to like i wish if there's one wish i could have is that i could speak every language in the world yeah. and be able to communicate with everybody in their own native tongue you know but yeah, it's uh, it's not easy. This is not an easy life at all. Mm -hmm. Like I hit it hard, not with like drugs or anything like that. But like, it's just hard traveling on your body, going no sleep at all. Mm -hmm. And just like, you know, yeah. I just had a, you know, that Radio Slave track that samples Eats, Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah. No sleep. No club. Another <laughs> club. Another club. Oh, I yeah. missed that tune. That is definitely a tune a, for this summer. I know. Yeah, I bring that back <laughs> for sure. Actually, but we haven't been doing that. Well, so we've all been, all we've been doing is sleeping. That is true. <laughs> do, you, do you find like, um, because we've actually, uh, what I've enjoyed about the last year is, is actually being able to sleep. And I, I love being in bed by 10. It's, it's gorgeous. It's really lovely. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a good sleeper. Fair. I think that was, that was, that was a problem. I've always, I've had terrible, I mean, this job will screw up your entire yeah. sleeping pattern. Do you think you've learned a bit more though in terms of like looking after yourself like your well-being in general do you think the pandemic has been good with that no no okay. no no ah. all my insecurities came flying out really? by the 
like millions. I was like, oh my God, like everything right before it happened, like everything was looking on the up. You know, I had all these amazing gigs yeah. planned and all these things happening. You know, I was going to relaunch the Jackathon because, you know, I took a break from that because that almost killed me. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> you know, it was hardcore, like doing it and organizing it. And I was literally, my, like I said, I just wanted it to be perfect all the time. And then I did the XOY residency mm-hmm. and then I was just like... <gasps> Like, I need to take a break. Yeah. Like, I am done. I got super sick, like really sick. I mean, I, st- I was so stressed that I made myself ill. And uh, yeah, you just, I know a lot of people's health suffered and nobody talks about it. Mm. You know, they're just like, oh, because like Instagram and Facebook and all those things have really don't do anything good for your insecurities. You know, if you're somebody and you're looking at, you know, people who pretend that they're really happy all yeah. the time and this is happening and I'm great. And then you're like, what? Like, I feel like shit. Like, but I would never do it and complain. I've never complained, mm. you know, on any social media platform. Like the world's, you're like, you know, life's yeah, too short. There's too to many that. DJs complaining on Twitter. So uh, like, oh my I don't, God. I don't even go on. I haven't that. missed that. It's toxic. I don't yeah, use, I don't You're go not missing t- much. Seriously. It's toxic. Yeah. And people are just mean to each other. It's like, and it's just fault. A lot of it is just false shit flying around. I just, whatever. Yeah. What are you planning to do for the rest of this year? Like, obviously, I'm guessing you just want to be out there gigging as much as possible. But are there any? Oh yeah, girl, I need to make some money. Yeah, well, that is the first thing, right? What? We need to. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, yep. The government. I owe the government some money, and um, yeah, of course they're like coming after you, and mm. you're like, um, I haven't. I've made zero, zero pounds in 18 months i don't know exactly would you like me to squeeze money from a stone but uh yeah obviously you know i've always been i pick and you know i'm very not choosy but i'm like you know i'm very honored and always gracious when people invite me to play and i you know things have gone back to old school you know with fees and things Mm -hmm. like that which is like you know it's modest it's like i never i've never rose above my station and asked for like ridiculous amounts of money that I know a lot of people get, Mm. which is just ridiculous. You don't need to pay those people that much money to do the same job as 50 other people, right? Obviously, you're paying for a name, you're paying for an image, you're paying for their following, which is, you know, which is great. But I think you should also pay for, you know, an absolute party. You want somebody to come in there and rock the living shit out of it. Yeah. There's quite a few people who can do that. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, there's not a lot of people that can do that. But that's why, I mean, everybody's a DJ now, right? Yeah. You just have to pick and choose which ones you like the best. That is a very, <laughs> yeah, very good point. Very good point. So we're kind of coming to the end here, but this is the Utopia Talks podcast. So my question for you mm-hmm. is how do we reach Utopia? Girl, I've been trying to find that out for a long time. <laughs> a couple decades. Let's see. Hmm, how do we reach Utopia? Oh, God. Leave your ego at the goddamn door. Like, seriously. There's no place for that in this industry. There's too many chefs in the kitchen, you know? It's taken me a long time to realize who I am, what I've achieved. Like, actually give myself a pat on the back. Like myself, you know? I'm very critical about everything about myself all the time and I feel like you have to be comfortable in your own skin you have to feel confident when you do anything in life not just be on a stage you know I mean it's so bizarre when you think about it Mm. sometimes you're like wow it's one little person and there's 30,000 people out there you know I've had some very like aha moments where I'm like oh my god this is like I'm controlling 
this entire situation Mad, right isn't now. It? It's pretty wild. <laughs> like to be like, I am in control of their fun and entertainment. And yeah, I just feel that is utopia. That's for me. That's like I feel euphoric. Like I leave, and it takes a a long time to come down off mm. that. Like this whole last year and a half has been a, just one big come down. <laughs> I'm ready to come back up again. And I'm like, let's go. Like I also I'm like I need somebody to entertain me. Like yeah. I want to go see bands again. I want to go see all my favorite musicians play again on stage. Like I want to go and watch my friends play music and be at a festival. Mm-hmm. Like I just miss festivals. Like me of all sorts, not just like electronic music. I mean. This weekend, should, I should be in Detroit for the music festival. And uh, I've been going every year for 20 years, almost every year. And it was just gut-wrenching to not be there because my, my hometown is just across the border. Yeah, so course. I go visit my family. And then, you know, I could see my hometown while I'm playing. <laughs> like, you know, it's so bizarre. I just, yeah, I think that's how you reach utopia. You have to just be very, you have to surround yourself with good people. Mm. That is very important. Don't let any of those snakes in the grass come slithering into your mm-hmm. life. You like just chop their heads off right away. I'm really good judge of character. I can pretty much tell. Like if somebody, you know, I've had a lot of people use me for things as well mm. in this industry, which is unfortunate. But that, you know, social climbers, those sort of things, you can tell right away. I mean, right away. You don't want those people around you. Yeah. You want to surround yourself with good energy, people that have ambition. And in life, and they want to be just good people. Like, I mean, if this last year and a half showed anything to anybody, is that we all need to come together to become better people, I think. Yeah. Don't you think? Definitely. I mean, utopia. That's that's it. it. There you go. You've solved it. I solved it after two decades. There we go. Well, that was episode one. We don't need to do any more now. That's it. We've got that, guys. Thank you for having me. This has been so nice. I haven't done anything like this in a long time. It's so nice. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure to have you, Heidi. To be on the mic again, girl. So nice. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. So good to hear about Heidi and her experience. And I'm sure we'll see her in a club very soon. Yeah, we can do another podcast for all the crazy (laughs) shit that happens to you on the road yeah part two (laughs) part two mental things that happen while you're touring on the road as a single female yeah Yeah, i look forward to it (laughs) that interview was recorded before we knew about the pushback of the 21st of june which i know is something that's shaken so many of us in the dance music community I really wanted those voices to be heard, so I reached out to some of my friends. Here's what Effie had to say. Hey, it's Effie here. I'm a producer and a DJ. We cannot deny the neglect the nightlife industry has faced. We were the first to shut and will be the last to open. Taking into account the club trials in Liverpool that happened a month ago, clubbing is no more dangerous than shopping, so why are they keeping them shut? Going out and listening to music isn't just going out on the lash, it's escapism. It's showing moments with friends, and right now we need that more than ever. We've been patient, but now enough is enough. I also heard the government are making an exception to the Euros, which has a capacity of 45,000. To myself and my industry, it's a slap in the face, displays favouritism, and also is so disrespectful that sporting events can go on when a club in East London can't even host 200 people who've all displayed a negative test. People's livelihoods are being destroyed, as well as mental health. I'm drained, sad, and so angry. Like Effie, Jess Bay's had a lot to say on the delay. Here are her thoughts. What's up, people? This is Jess Bay's DJ, producer, radio broadcaster, and mental health ambassador. 
it's been a really, really, really tough time mentally, physically, emotionally, financially. Everything has taken a battering. Mental health especially has been an absolute pandemic of its own, you know. There's been so much happening with the restrictions. Seeming like it's just been put onto our world. Everything else seems to have gone back to normal except for the events industry. Why? Why is that? It's a very, very unanswered question right now. We don't want just to go to a rave and get drunk and party. It's, that's not what we want. We want to go to work because this job is our passion. This, is, this career choice isn't just something we do for fun. This is what we do. This is our livelihood. And to have it stripped back and taken away is just madness. It's a very, very scary time for the hospitality, events and music industry right now, but we have to stay together. We have to stay focused, positive, driven, The end is coming, hopefully soon, and we will do this together. We will rise from this. We will come back. There is no doubt in my mind about that. It's not just DJs who have been impacted. There are so many people working behind the scenes who have been struggling. Liam is the booker for Hope Works in Sheffield, and I wanted to hear about his experiences too. My name's Liam O'Shea. I'm the creative director of Hope Works Sheffield and the director of No Bounds Festival. Regarding the, the latest restrictions being pushed back, another devastating blow for myself and all of the sector, all of the music industry. I'm talking artists, agents, venues, promoters, freelancers across all the different aspects of what it takes to make an event happen. I know people who've lost their livelihoods. I mean, my own experience was that my my first child, my daughter, my beautiful daughter, was born on the 12th of March. So I feel like I really experienced the full weight of anxiety as a, a new parent when my livelihood collapsed, when I had to shut the doors, you know, just over a week later, and then just think, what am I going to do? I I just hope, I really, really hope that this is the last time it's been pushed back and the, the, the new date is, as has been suggested, is the new date. In a word, it's been devastating. It's heartbreaking to hear the stories of people in our industry that we love so much. And I know the pandemic's affected people in all walks of life in so many ways. But I really wanted to end this episode in the same way that I started it, with an optimistic view of the future. I know that we'll be back to it soon. The first dance event in Liverpool showed us that this isn't going to be our reality forever. I spoke to Jada G on that day and it filled me with positivity and hope. So I wanted to share that with you now. How are you feeling about going in there and playing your first gig in, what, a year? Over a year? Yeah, it's been over a year. I'm... The word I keep using is surreal. Like when I went to check out the the stage beforehand, I was like, oh my goodness, there's actually people and they're close to each other and they're dancing and this is actually happening. <laughs> no, I, 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 it's so exciting. I'm really pumped. <laughs> yeah, I think it's gonna be great. How did you like prepare your set or are there particular tunes you've been like saving for this moment? I don't know. I think the thing that I'm most excited for is I, I haven't been able to play uh, both of us to people right. since it's been out. Like I was playing it before it was out, but no one knew that it was me singing or that it was even my tune. And so I, that's something I'm really pumped for today. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be a special way of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh <my God>. totally. <laughs> and with this gig, obviously, it's it's kind of an experiment as well. Do you have any like concerns or when you first when the offer came through, was there a bit of like? trepidation and yeah. concern. I'm a scientist. I work 
as a scientist for like over 10 years. So I'm just like, well, what's all the information? What are the facts? Like, where are we going with this? Like, what is actually being done? And so once I knew like everyone is getting tested to cut like before coming in, everyone's local. Um, then they're doing like, I believe it's like a sample size of people and they're figuring out if they've had COVID or not. And so those kind of things that were in place and that everyone's, you know, still actually supposed to wear masks, even though we're backstage, like things like that, that are just like, made me feel like confident in it and my final question i'm asking everyone this so the podcast is called utopia talks the the utopia is a community it's a place of diversity and equality it's a great place that we want to get to (laughs) so my question is how do you think we can achieve a utopia oh wow i think honestly if we truly just listen to each other and take that into account and also put ourselves in that other person's shoes and try and have more empathy for each other. I, I really think that's the key to everything. Oh, love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> no worries. I'm happy. So happy you came to talk to me. It really means <laughs> a lot. You. And that is it. Thank you for listening to the first ever episode of Utopia Talks. It's been so much fun. Big shouts to my hun, Katie Baxter, on the production. And make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And let me know what you thought at Jaguar Worldwide on the socials. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Utopia Talks is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.